Hello, my name's Gary. And my name is Simon. And this is episode 27 of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On our podcast today, we'll be talking about, surprise, surprise, electricity. Uh, more specifically, <laughs> how we can best get charge into our EVs at home. Any news or updates relating to your Kia Soul? Well, yes, thank you for asking. I recently passed 12 months of ownership on my Soul. In that time, I've done 10,500 miles and I did the calculations. And in terms of costs for actually running it, £500. And this includes, (laughs) yeah, it's fantastic. This includes home charging, rapid charging and £100 for replacing a tyre that got a puncture. (laughs) I tweeted the exact figures out under my personal Twitter account, the Real Gary C. So if you want to see that, just click the link in the show notes. But it does prove that uh, EV running is a lot cheaper than internal combustion engine. I mean, in the last 12 months before I got the Soul, I spent more than £500 servicing and taxing the Honda that I used to have. And that does, you know, that's not even touching the amount of money I had to spend on. Uh, the actual fuel to go in it so absolute bargain that's insane that is like you kind of go from like me you know i had a diesel so you know i I was if it wasn't diesel it was taxing if it wasn't those two things it was servicing or maintenance or and everything was expensive you know the the, I, i probably didn't see one year where i wasn't spending out probably more than that probably a vast amount more than that just on fuel or something out so um yeah I've, I've always said to other people that like are thinking about evs is if even if you don't care about the environment thing or anything else if you just plainly want to save yourself money buy an ev 100 percent agree our feature topic today is electricity providers more specifically it's a discussion around the whole topic of making the best use of electricity when you're charging an EV. When looking at an EV, the main advantage you have over an internal combustion engine vehicle is the ease in which you can charge your car. Nobody has a petrol station at home. Just about everybody has an electricity supply at home, even if you can't actually use it to charge your car for off-street parking reasons. But with this comes the issue of how much can it cost to put that electricity into the car. And in today's episode, we're going to talk through some of the options you have for charging, providing you can charge at home. If you can't charge at home, like Simon, then maybe look at this as an example of how you can mitigate or reduce your electricity costs overall. So we'll look at a number of items today. Solar panels, getting the best electricity supplier, using products that help manage charging, and what to do if you can't charge at home but still want to save money. Let's start with the daddy of them all, solar. Obviously, if you're in the situation where you can afford solar panels on your roof, this gives you an immediate advantage. Not only can you power your house for a large amount of time via solar, but you can also use something like a Zappi charger to divert unneeded solar power into your EV. And this is, at its basic level, free energy for your car. Free miles. Can't be beaten. The Earth absorbs enough energy from the sun in three minutes to power itself for a year, or some amazing statistic like that. So this is low carbon, very low price, and it works with any electric car. To capture that, you would need enough solar panels to cover an area several hundred square miles, usually in the middle of some desert. But as Elon Musk reminded us, you don't need to do that. Instead, you split those hundreds of square miles up into tiny little chunks and place these solar panels on the roofs of individual houses and buildings. Obviously, there are potential issues with solar panels. 
If the weather's bad, the amount of energy your solar panels will produce can be limited, likewise if they're covered in snow for days on end. If you're using electric for heating, a lot of the solar energy will go to cover that, meaning you may not have enough to actually fill your car. But we're not talking about going off-grid here, we're talking about using solar as a primary source of electric power in your house, with the grid providing the rest. This has a double benefit for the grid in that it reduces the load needed overall and hence decreases the carbon footprint and it spreads the load across the whole day by allowing solar to take up some of the slack and this reduces the load on fossil fuel energy production. The downside is that installing solar can be expensive. Previously there were government grants and also a feeding tariff which allowed you to sell your unwanted or unneeded electricity back to the grid. This has been reduced down now for new bills and it's effectively zero. The sunk cost of the solar panels will take you know, up to about 20 years to repay at current rates. But if you're using the electricity to power your EV, this can rapidly be replaced by the amount of money you're saving on fossil fuel payments. A 35 mile per hour car doing 12,000 miles a year at £1.30 a gallon can cost £2,000 in fuel every 12 months. You only need three or four years of solar at that rate to repay the cost quicker than anticipated. The beauty of solar is that you don't actually need to have an EV to use it, but it's always helpful. But let's assume you don't have solar. The next best thing is to find an electricity supplier with a tariff for EV drivers. And there are several out there. The two main ones are Ovo and Octopus Energy. As we move forward, bear in mind that all the prices per kilowatt hour rates that we quote will differ depending on where in the country you live. We'll link to the various companies in the show notes so you can check out their prices in your area. Octopus Energy have two tariffs that are good for EV owners. One of them is Agile Octopus. This provides a cost per kilowatt hour which varies every 30 minutes. For sunny or windy days, when renewables provide a large proportion of the energy mix in the UK, the cost per kilowatt hour is low. In fact, the middle of the night under the right condition, the rate can go negative Octopus will pay you to use that electricity. That's right, the electricity company pay you to take their electricity. They did that recently where the price dropped to around minus 4.5p or minus 5p a kilowatt hour. We'll look at what we can do with that later on. At peak times though, the rate will surge to accommodate the fact that people are putting on the kettle in the commercial break in the middle of Coronation Street. I believe the rates are capped at 35p a kilowatt hour though. The good news about this is that there are products out there that can leverage these changing rates and use them to charge your car. The Ohm cable is an example of this and we'll talk about the Ohm cable shortly. The other tariff that Octopus Energy provide is the Octopus Go tariff. This gives energy at a fixed rate per kilowatt hour. However, for four hours between half past midnight and half past four, this rate drops down to a fixed level of five pence per kilowatt hour. And that's the ideal time to charge your EV. The load on the grid is low and the price has dropped as a result. Most EVs can add a quite large amount of energy in a four hour window. If you've got a car that will accept seven kilowatt charging, this should give you between 24 and 28 kilowatts of charge for as little as a pound 20 to a pound 40. For most cars on the market today, that equates to between 30 and 50% of their battery charge. For my 30 kilowatt hour soul, it gives me almost 100% charge. Ovo Energy are another recent new company that have started up to focus on EV drivers. They bill themselves as the best energy brand. And like many others on this list, their electricity is renewable. Their offering at the time of recording is for a home charger or two years free Polar membership to entice you to cross over to them. Their EV Everywhere tariff has rates at 
15.98p per kilowatt hour with a standing charge of 28.77p per day guaranteed for 24 months. But with Ovo Energy, you can also sign up to the vehicle to grid V2G pilot they are running. This allows you to use your car as a battery for your house and sell electricity back to the grid if you don't need it. We talked about vehicle to grid in episode 17, all sorts. Link in the show notes below. Another renewable energy supplier is Bulb Energy. And Bulb's uh, very fair tariff is 13.55 pence per kilowatt hour with a standing charge of 20.44 pence per day. Simon can get that, I believe, for about 13.58 pence per kilowatt hour because he's in a slightly different area to where I am. If you have Economy 7 with Bulb, the night rate is 8.148 pence per kilowatt hour. So not as low as some of the others, but not a bad rate at all. EDF Energy have a tariff called EDF Go Electric. It provides half price off peak electricity for your home and car, 8 pence a kilowatt hour from 9pm till 7am on weekdays and all weekend, and it's 100% renewable energy. So not quite as low as the octopus rates, but you get get it for a far longer period of time. British Gas have the Electric Drivers Energy Plan, which offers cheaper rates between midnight and 5am and a locked-in price until September 2021. Now, regardless of what price you pay for your electricity, the chances are it will generally be cheaper than the fixed prices charged for charging while out in public, unless you hit some of those free pod point charges in certain car parks around the country, because you can't be free. When looking at energy supplies for charging your car, the key question you need to ask is, should I pay a fixed price or a variable price? The variable price will usually be lower than the fixed price, but can change according to demand and time of day. This means you don't really know how much you'll be paying for juice on a given day. But the variable price will allow you to take advantage of lower rates if you have an EV that can charge at variable times, which brings us nicely onto the ohm cable. The ohm cable is a charging cable with a difference. If you use this cable, you can link your vehicle to the grid and have some smart technology handling the charge cycle of the car by connecting it to a time of day tariff and only charging when the rate is low. Effectively, you keep your car plugged in at all times while at home and the car will only pull power from the grid when the price is low. As we've already mentioned, octopus energy can go to almost zero or even negative at times, so this is an excellent cheap way to charge your car. Ohm produces 3-pin and Type 2 cables for EVs. They're not cheap, but over time they can save you money. However, at the moment, I believe they're only available on the octopus time-of-day tariffs. Perhaps in future, as more companies switch to a time-of-day tariff similar to Octopus Go, the cable will start to work in with those tariffs too. This doesn't mean that you can't use it with any tariff. It just means that you'll only really make the cost savings if you use it at the moment with the Octopus time-of-day tariffs. But a lot of you might be looking at me saying, hey, I can't charge at home. Why is this interesting for me? Well, the simple answer is economics. Let me paint you a picture. You don't have off-street parking for your EV, but you do have solar panels installed. Attached to these solar panels is a battery. The battery can store electricity from the panels for later, but it can also store grid electricity for later. This becomes important when you're on a time-of-day tariff such as Agile Octopus 1. They charge a different amount for each 30-minute slot. The rate can vary, but it's capped at 35p a kilowatt hour. But the beauty of this is that when renewables are high, such as when it's quite windy overnight, Octopus Agile will actually pay you to take electricity overnight. How about taking that electricity and putting it into a battery to be used later in the day when the per kilowatt hour price is higher? 
You don't need an EV to do that, just the battery. Bobby Llewellyn recently showed his updated Tesla Power, which could, according to the installation company, Joju Solar, do exactly that. In fact, it had intelligence built in to ensure that it only drew enough power to fill the battery when the chance of solar input following the day was low. After all, you don't want to fill your battery with grid electricity if you can fill it with solar, right? This is one example of variable rates being used without an EV at home. Another example is using the low rate electricity to power a heat battery for your hot water needs. So overall, it's fair to say that with variable rate electricity, with solar panels, with some of the different tariffs that are available through different electricity companies around the country, the, the steps that you have to go through to get electricity into your house and in particular into your EV, it's getting a lot easier than it used to be when basically you had British uh, gas or whichever your main supplier was in the big six who didn't care about EVs. So we would encourage you, if you have an EV, to look into these things. We'll put the links in the show notes. And even if you don't, but you're looking at something like a battery storage at home, it might be worth considering some of these to try and decrease the electric costs overall. It's time for that segment on our show called Bjorn Again, where we discuss Norwegian blogger Bjorn Nyland. Let's talk about Bjorn for a few moments, shall we? Bjorn has opened a Thai EV channel. It confused a lot of his followers recently as he started posting videos taken on a recent trip to Thailand where he was born and he seemed to be spending a long time there. Then he announced that he'd bought an MG ZS EV in Thailand and he announced that he was going to be splitting his time between Norway and Thailand with him being in Thailand for you know a month at a time and posting Thai language videos to try and educate the Thai market. Now as you may or may not know he's he was born there his wife was born there, their parents or her parents still live there. And over the last few years, as he's been going back and visiting, he's been noticing that the EV infrastructure in Thailand is starting to improve. So this time when he went back, it happened to coincide with the sale of um, Optimus Prime, his mm. old Model X. And he ended up with something like, I think he ended up with 51,000 euros uh, selling <laughs> that. So he thought, all right, well, you know, will order an MG and I'm not sure exactly how it happened but he managed to pick one up within a few weeks out there brand new yeah so he's got the MG he's got the charger installed at his father-in-law's house he's going to be spending month six weeks at a time out there uh, basically doing exactly the same thing that he does for Tesla but doing it for the time market to try and get the that whole education process started because obviously now they're at that stage where they're starting to install rapid chargers. They're starting to get uh, more and more availability for EVs over there. And, you know, just as an example, within a couple of days of actually opening up or starting the channel, he's getting two and a half thousand views on his videos <laughs> in Thai, just out of nowhere. So, um, I mean, that's got to be a massive market anywhere. And the fact that it's it's clearly having that explosion like the UK and the US had recently where, you know, that that kind of tipping point where all of a sudden it was like, oh, there are rapid chargers around and the infrastructure's building up around you. So if that's happening in Thailand and he's got that opportunity to kind of, I want to say cash in on it, but, um, you know, do that, almost reinvent that uh, YouTube channel that he's got in a different country it makes perfect sense well absolutely and i think 
I, I mean, I don't know the detail on it, but I'm pretty sure that Thailand as a country is a number of years behind where uh, Europe is and definitely behind where mm. Norway is. But I think what he's managed to do is identify that there is the niche there for the education videos. You know, he's going to be yeah. talking about what does charging mean? What's the difference between a rapid charger, a 22 kilowatt, a 7 kilowatt? He's going to be talking about the individual cars. So he's basically at the stage where he would have liked to have been with his original Tesla channel, mm. but he's there a couple of years earlier than he was at the corresponding point in the development of the infrastructure and the market in Norway. So providing he markets yeah, yeah. it right, and I've no reason to believe he won't, it's probably going to um, end up very, very interesting for him. Yeah, well, I imagine that could be quite massive. I mean, he's he's at that lucky point where I can't imagine there's a lot of channels like that in Thai, you know, specifically in, you know, in that language as well. Um mm -hmm. So if he's coming straight in from, well, before it kind of really gets going, mm -hmm. you're going to be the one place, aren't you, really, that people are going to go to. It's like, you know, it's it's probably back when, you know, the likes of James Cook and some of those started their YouTube channels when they were driving a Nissan Leaf and that sort of stuff. They were right there at the beginning. So they got the views and they got the, the massive numbers. I think the benefit that he's got is he's got three things going for him. He's got the knowledge, he's got the language, and he's got the good, the video editing skills. I mean, the the... He produces good quality videos. You know, you may not always like the content, you know, the whole thing of him sitting there and eating and, you know, there's a lot of people don't like it when he sits there and, and eats, but it's good quality. So, I mean, he's got those three things working in his favour and uh, I'd be interested mm. to see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. So let's wrap up by seeing if there's some cool EV or renewable thing you've come across that we can share with our listeners. Yeah, so here's mine. So, um... Grenfell Garage um, has been saved from closure by an electric car deal. Now, I, I came across uh, across this just in a news article, and Grenfell Garage is um, basically a small independent garage based in London. Uh, Grenf and uh, they've secured a deal to electrify VW Beetle classic cars using self-contained units or a number of units from VW themselves. So following the obviously tragic fire at the Grenfell Tower in 2017, the, the garage has been struggling. It was based at the bottom of the building. Um, so they, they noticed there was a lot of customers that just physically couldn't get to the building. Uh, parts slowed down and things like that. And it just by chance, really, that um, VW has asked them to electrify these old classic Beetles. So they've basically teamed up with VW and a, a classic car company, similar to the, the one that we've, you know, we've obviously spoken to a couple of times with the Ferraris and things like that. But yeah. essentially, they're kind of partnered with them and basically set them up for... Uh, you know, speak the the guy that was speaking in this interview said that it was like setting them up for like the next ten years on the point where they were a brink of closure because people physically couldn't get to them, sort of local people. Now they've got an opportunity not only as this brand new lease of life for electrifying old classic Beatles and you know, I know from from certainly my brother's cars history, uh, you know, and owning VWs, even now they're they're cult classics. They still sell thousands of second-hand oh, yeah. VWs, you know, probably more more so across the world. And VW, interestingly, kind of approached them and said, look, you know, we need someone based around that location with this other classic car company to get together and basically make these classic cars renewed as electric. It's just, um, it's one of those kind of 
really good luck kind of stories that came across and it was um you know something great coming out of you know obviously a bit of tragedy what were they doing before the uh the fire were they just a, a vehicle repair shop no they so they did restore classic cars and a bit of vehicle repair and things like that and i think that must have been where their name was was known but certainly not from a obviously you know from a from an electrical car company and i would imagine uh, there wasn't too much detail unfortunately in in the article but i would imagine they had probably a history of vw based cars there's a plan for not just vw um, beetles but other uh, models as well it's, it's interesting it's just a sort of really really good news and you know good for them Excellent find, thank you. My cool thing, Citroen intends to electrify all its models, passenger and light commercial vehicles, by 2025. And with regard to light commercial vehicles in particular, this is important because, as we said in episode 17, the last mile delivery of packages, for example, is one of the key things that needs to be sorted uh, short term to try and cut down on pollution. So companies like DPD, UPS and others running around with lots of diesel trucks on short, inefficient runs where they regularly stop and start, or even worse, where they run the engine while they, are, while they go and deliver. It's so bad for air quality, it's bad for the environment, and for the capitalists amongst you, it's bad for the wallet. Now with the electrification of vans and trucks, we move one step closer to being able to reduce pollution and the reliance on fossil fuels. This is also excellent for uh, those workmen who need to transport tools and equipments out to people's houses to perform work. My brother-in-law is a kitchen fitter and he'd probably benefit from something like one of these vans. It looks like most of the vans that are in the range will be available in either 50 kilowatt hour or 75 kilowatt hour versions, giving ranges between 124 miles to 186 miles WLTP. That's not bad for a vehicle that will generally do work in a given area but spend most of the day sat on someone's drive while a kitchen is fitted or a new boiler is being installed. And if you think about the aerodynamics of some of these, you know, we're talking vans that are transit size, maybe a little bit uh, mm-hmm. smaller. If you look at the, aerody- the aerodynamics on things like that, the fact that they may end up with heavy loads in, yeah, you know, 124 miles off a of 50 kilowatt hour battery is not great. But in the big scheme of things, for what it's going to be used for, I think it's perfectly adequate. We've said it before, you know, with these sort of vehicles, they don't need to be long range. You know, they're, they're stop-start vehicles at the end of the day. So even if it's, you know, you've got 124 miles and actually that goes to 80 or 90, it's probably more than enough. You kind of almost go back to like the, the taxi driver situation where where they've got 80 90 miles mm-hmm. but actually you know in the day they probably do 60 yeah so yeah it's good i mean it's it's interesting to see citron coming on board it's a company that i've not heard much of for ages so it's good that they've suddenly gone yep we're gonna do that yeah they've certainly kept below the radar haven't they yeah definitely and that's our show for today hope you enjoyed listening if you want to contact us simon is at the ev side on twitter and youtube and i'm the real gary c on twitter if you want to contact us on twitter use either of those or our own ev musings twitter account musings ev if you wanted a quick reference ebook to read on your kindle i wrote a little something called so you've got an electric it's available on amazon worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. If you are subscribed, please leave a review. 
on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.